Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Life Coach Cindy Chavez here. Today is Tuesday, November the 13th, 2018. It is 8 a.m. New York time. That's 5 a.m. Los Angeles time, 1 p.m. London time. And adding another one in here, that's 12 midnight Sydney, Australia time. So we're trying to cover the different time zones here. And uh, we're... Continuing our ongoing discussions about uh, Neville Goddard's books, we're currently doing Feeling is the Secret, and we've, we're about halfway through, so we're going to continue that today. And Cindy, we haven't talked in a week. How you doing? Doing great. Doing good. Doing okay. great. Great. Not just yes. good. Great. Great is better than good. I like great. Great yes. is good. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Doing really great. And it's supposed good. to get down to 29 degrees here. Ooh. Really? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> What did did yeah, Louisiana get moved to Canada or something? I mean, how is that working? <laughs> it's been in the seventies, and then I looked just to see, and it said twenty nine. It's like twenty nine. What? <laughs> <laughs> so, well, welcome to early winter. My goodness, that's pretty unusual for you guys, isn't it? Um, I mean, we do have some cold snaps, but they usually don't happen until. Yeah, like you said, early winter. They usually don't mm. happen until February. So. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. November, definitely unusual, but okay. Well, yeah. this is going to be an unusual year too, because I believe it's an El Nino year, which generally means a little bit warmer oh. temperatures, but it also means variability. So we shall see what happens, but uh, you're off to a cold start today. <laughs> yeah, well, I think today, I think it's going to be not quite that cold. I, I think that's going to come like tonight. Oh, so, tonight. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So I'm going to make sure that I've got everything done that I need to do and I'm back inside before I have to be... <laughs> Good plan. Yeah. <laughs> Very see, good. I know 32 degrees is freezing, but in my world, it's like 50 is freezing. 50 is freezing. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's understandable. I mean, uh, I mean, like most southern states, you have problems with like snow, and you know, when snow comes through, there's no snow removal equipment because it's not a normal thing for you guys to have. Or if you have ice, it's a fairly unusual situation. So, yeah, I can see how it'd be disruptive almost any temperature below 50. <laughs> it's only snowed, like, I've been here for decades, and it's only snowed uh, maybe three or four times. And wow. most of the time, it's a quarter of an inch, and it melts right away. But mm. one year, we had, like, uh, you know, some inches and inches of snow and lots of ice. And everywhere you looked there were cars that had slid off the road. Yeah. And sometimes it. people that are from somewhere else are like, oh, these idiots. They don't <laughs> it's like, oh, we, don't, we don't have the, we're not prepared for it. We Absolutely. We don't have snow tires and we don't have like all these things that, you know, we would have if it snowed all the time. Right. We're just not, not ready for it. And so, yeah, that's not a good thing when it happens here. Everything stops. Like, mm -hmm. you know, a half an inch of snow, the whole world stops. <laughs> <laughs> So well, I'm, I'm not looking for that, though. I think we're just going to have a, a low overnight temperature, and, and then it'll be right back up in, into the nice warm area. <laughs> I'm, I'm speaking it, you know? Sure. Watch it happen. Well, <laughs> also, it occurs to me that, that we can really take the uh, the lead of kids, because I'm sure when there is, on those rare occasions when there is snow, the kids are ecstatic. Snow day. We get to go out and play with snow. Oh, my goodness. Yes. They are so happy. I still have a picture. Um, my youngest son... It snowed on his birthday. Oh. And he was so excited. I mean, he was in high school at the time, but he ran across the street where there's um, grass on the corner of a, a big building that's across the street, and there was, like, enough snow where you could, like, scoop it up. And he made a <laughs> snowman, and he was so excited. The snowman was about, I don't know, maybe 18 inches tall. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> and he used every bit of snow he could find. <laughs> but you're right. You're right. It's that uh, that excitement that comes with a surprise, right? We should we should go for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it definitely makes a big difference. In fact, that's yeah. the, the the childlike approach to life is uh, probably one of the most life giving things we have because when we can do there, when we can do that, rather, when we can get into that place, we're in alignment, right? So now it becomes very life giving. Right. Right. I think of the word wonder when you say that. Yeah. You know, just looking at everything with wonder, like we've never seen it before. Right. You know, <laughs> <laughs> instead of labeling it, judging it, and dreading it, you know, like we often do uh, after we grow up. Uh, yeah. That's a good, that's a good 
<laughs> after we grow up. I like the way you said that, after we grow up. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I'll grow up. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Maybe that's not the best idea all the time. Well, I'm excited. How about you? It's been a week since I've talked to you. How was your weekend? It's been an interesting weekend. There were some good things happening. Um, <clears throat> we've been, we've been uh, experimenting with a lot of different uh, kinds of, of shows to do. One of the most interesting ones uh, that we've done was, uh, actually, we've done it for two weeks in a row now, the Monday morning podcast that I do with Louis D'Souza. We've been talking about what sounds like a martial art, Jinshin Jitsu, uh, but it's actually a healing art. And quite interesting. Um, I'm, I barely have begun to scratch the surface of it after two episodes, but I, I have at least some sense of how the, the thing works. And if even a fraction of the stories that I'm hearing about, you know, pain relief and, and curing conditions and so forth, if, if even a fraction of them are, are true and valid, this is pretty good stuff. And it, it's just things like holding your fingers and holding your toes and, and touching parts of the, your body. That's it. That's, that's the whole thing. You know, if you can do that and produce a miracle result, wow, how cool is that, right? So, yeah, it's, been, it's been interesting. Cool. Yeah, I, I want to learn more. In fact, uh, I just got uh, a place in order to get a copy of the the original book by the American woman who brought it back from Japan. Uh, the, the guy who created the whole thing in Japan lived from, like, the late 19th century into the late 20th century. I'm not sure what the exact years were, but... Uh, he invented this whole thing or discovered it or whatever you want to say, and uh, she brought it to the West. So I'm looking forward to reading that book, see what it's all about. Exciting. Yeah. A new book to put on my list. A new book, yay. <laughs> I'll send you the link. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Very good. So we're well, talking uh, – oh, go ahead. I'm excited to get back into Neville and pick up where we left off last. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's where I was going too. We're we're like halfway through. Feeling is the secret by Neville Goddard. We've done uh, two chapters, right? And I We've think we done finished, two chapters. Yes, we, we finished chapter two uh, last Wednesday, so we're on to chapter right. three. And uh, I honestly I have not had a chance to to do any catch up. Have you done any pre reading, or are we going to just dive into this cold together? <laughs> I have not done any pre reading. I have not. Um, I had a very eventful weekend in which eventful. I was yes, yes. Wow. I hope I it was eventful gonna, in a good way. I wasn't going to just spill the beans without, you know, cold, without any, without you knowing first, but um, I got married Sunday. What? <laughs> <laughs> yes, in the presence of our children, um, and no one knew about it uh, until... Well, I hope Scott knew about it. <laughs> he did. He did. Um, no one knew about it until about 24 hours before uh, we kept it We kept it a secret. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, everyone, most people thought we were married, you know, already. We've been together for seven years. Wow. And, um, and we, I really love the date of November 11th. Ah, and I wanted to get married on that day, and I mentioned it earlier in the year. And then we sort of, you know, time got away from us. We didn't really make a lot of plans. And um, Thursday morning, we were leaving the house, and we were outside, and it was freezing cold. And he said, um, why don't you go back into the house and get your birth certificate? <laughs> That's a subtle way to do it. <laughs> well, because I did not realize there was a waiting period. Ah. And he did knowing the law and he was like if we he, he said he was figuring his head he said she'll she is going to be disappointed if this doesn't happen and mm. we can make this happen and but if we're going to make it happen we need to do this now right right and so, so we made it happen and it was absolutely beautiful everything oh. about it was perfect and we feel like rock stars because we pulled it all together in such a tiny window of time but talk about law of attraction Everything we wanted just fell into our hands. Like oh. it just all came together with no problem whatsoever. Everything, everything, every detail. And it was absolutely lovely. So I'm still kind of on cloud nine from the yeah. weekend. I did not read Neville over the weekend. Well, um, geez, I, I wonder why. You didn't need to. You were in perfect alignment. <laughs> I experienced Neville over the absolutely. weekend. Absolutely. I'll tell you one thing that was really, really funny. Um, 
we changed we changed our vows just a, a bit um, right before the ceremony um, literally right before the ceremony I asked um, rabbi to change one word in the vows and it's the word you know do you Cindy take this man right do you take this woman I said I want you to change the word take to receive oh nice because I'm giving myself and I want to be received and yeah. he's giving himself and I'm receiving him and he said absolutely uh, so we changed that word and I thought that was really lovely and powerful and uh, so so then later um, over the weekend um, we went to dinner celebrating and um, the the wine on the menu there's a winery that has three varieties of wine and they're called taken available and complicated <laughs> just cute names on cute you know wine names referencing relationship status right mm -hmm. so we went to order the wine we always order and then we saw the featured wine there were like three or four featured wines on the menu and that was one of them we're at a place that has thousands of different wines um Oof. and we and we said oh we should we should have taken since we just got married Absolutely. officially it's legal right we should have this so the, the waitress says, okay. And so she walks away to get our wine and she, she's gone like forever. And she comes back and she has this totally confused look on her face. And she says, I have searched high and low. She was on the ladder going up into the wine things and going back. She started going to the back. She went everywhere. She said, I cannot find a single bottle of this. This does not make sense. She said, I'm so sorry. This doesn't make sense. But she said, I, I don't know what to say. There is none. There is none. And we said, okay, well, we'll have the one we originally ordered, our mm -hmm. regular thing. She said, okay. So she leaves. I said, you see how powerful our words are? The minute we took, the minute we changed the vow, every bottle of taken Was disappeared on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. I love it. <laughs> then, and then last night, because um, we had bought a bottle of, kosher wine for the ceremony mm -hmm. and you know only used a few sips of it during the ceremony and it was sitting back on the counter and I looked at the bottle I, I hadn't looked at it when we bought it the, the entire label but at the very top the the word across the top was given oh my goodness <laughs> wow <laughs> so welcome to my life that's how yeah. it usually is it's like but Fantastic. anyway, Fantastic. Well, congratulations, I'm, I'm, by the way. I, I, I've been trying to figure out when to get it in, but th congratulations. I mean, I, I didn't even realize you guys weren't married, but that's fantastic news. That's exciting. <laughs> I got to ask you, too. Was it a flash wedding? Because apparently nobody knew about it. So it's like people showed up and they found they were at a wedding? No. It no, wasn't. Oh, it was okay. not. Um, okay. I mean, we, we they knew a day or so before, oh, okay. the night before. Like okay. we, we actually invited them. It was just our kids. So we mm -hmm. invited them to come, um, on Sunday and they often come over for uh, what we call pancake Sunday, right? Okay. Just come over and have brunch with us. Right. So we invited them. Uh, and then, <laughs> then like a little while, you know, 24 hours or so, we thought we probably need to tell them why they're coming because <laughs> they're going to show up in like pajamas and you know, wonder why the house is full of flowers. And, you know, <laughs> why, why are you in a suit? Why are you in a suit? <laughs> so we we did we let them in on it they were all thrilled um just you know it was be really beautiful so yeah so that i'm excited so yeah about, uh, how wonderfully it all came together of course well, one of the things i loved uh when louise and i got married and thereafter was how i didn't know the term at the time but how you just stay in alignment for days at a time without any effort without having to do anything just because you're so happy you're feeling so good and, and it just kind of flows easily I, I in fact if i had really understood at the time what was going on i just knew it felt good and that it, i was happy but if i'd really understood the value of it i would have been milking it like crazy i wonder <laughs> i wonder how long i could have made it last you know because i mean that, that's like a great place to be emotionally that's so funny. i would have really tapped into it and taken advantage of that absolutely yeah Absolutely. See if you can make it last for years and years. Just you'll know, milk it every single day. <laughs> well, I mean, I intend to. I, I, I sort of feel like it's kind of funny. Like we felt like that already, and you know, it's been seven years, so it's like I, 
I honestly, I, I don't know that I expected to feel a whole lot different mm. um, or anything like that, right? It's like, but it has been a great vibe for sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, alignment is a great way to put it because mm. it just it, it feels wonderful. And so we're very, very happy, of course. Mm. We're, we're happy already, but this was been such oh, yeah. a neat thing to have it all come together so well, you know. Easy. It yes. was so easy. Yes. We were like feeling like rock stars. Like, wow, we, this was like so easy. Um, for sure. That's fantastic. But you I, know, it I, gets less and less easy, I think, when you have like hundreds of people. <laughs> this is <Right>? true. <laughs> well, actually, I can tell you a story. In fact, I got to ask you a very, we, we had a, a, a glitch at our wedding and most weddings we found out have had glitches. Did you have any glitches at your wedding? No. None. Okay. <laughs> Well, that's good. That's good. Our, our glitch was that when Louise arrived for the ceremony, she was driven in a limousine that we learned later did not have a reverse in it. And they, oh, they, oh my they came. There's no going back, Louise. <laughs> that's awesome. And, and they came to uh, the parking lot where we, where the event was being staged, and the, the limousine got to a point where it couldn't go forward anymore, so it had to go backward, but it couldn't, so it was stuck. And Louise is in the limousine, and, and they're like, you know, 50 yards away from the door, and, you know, so she can't really go anywhere. So she calls my brother on his cell phone, and my brother, who is also the best man, says to me, don't worry, everything's fine, and then takes all of the men from the gathering away. <laughs> I'm thinking, what the heck is going on? <laughs> because they need to push the limousine. <laughs> oh, man. That is, that's actually such a great story. It is. It's I mean, funny. <laughs> that's the thing I figured. I kind of thought, you know, um, well, actually, yeah, I thought, you know, if any little thing happens, it's not, it's just not going to be a big deal. Oh, it's not. No, it, it just gives it flavor, gives it color, gives it, you know, pizzazz because, oh, look at this great story about what happened at the wedding. I've been telling that story. Yeah. Louise has been telling that story for decades now and it still holds well because, you know, it's a good story. It's a great story. I'm glad you told it to me. Yeah. Oh, I can't stop smiling. That's, that's so funny. <laughs> well, well, without, I guess we, uh, without further ado, we should mm -hmm. get moving. We really should. <laughs> I yes. Don't want to take up the whole podcast, but I have so many uh, little, so many little manifestations that I that I could tell you about just in this last three days. It's kind of boggling, but anyway. Well, that's all actually we want to talk about those because they reinforce what happens when you're in alignment. That's the thing that Abraham keeps telling us. When you're in alignment, just stuff starts to happen. Good stuff starts to happen. And that's what you've been experiencing directly, which is really cool. I mean, you're, you're getting right? the evidence of it, you know? Yeah, so good. So good. So funny. Um, we, we went to buy flowers, and we just bought so many flowers to bring back to the house and put everywhere. And while we're – as soon as we walk into the store and start buying them, my son – sends us a text message and it's a picture of us buying the flowers and we're like so we said where are you and he doesn't answer he's like who said who is watching us so we then we leave and we're putting the flowers in the car and another picture <laughs> what was so funny was that he just happened to be in the in the area where we were and saw us uh. <laughs> he started taking pictures of us and sending them to us and we were like it's the paparazzi but he wouldn't tell us where he was or even who because i thought did someone take this picture of us and send it to him and then he sent it to <laughs> us like where are they coming from so we thought it was really fun that we had some pictures of us out preparing and we didn't plan that and didn't know about it, it just happened <laughs> that's a nice kind of stalking son right you want your son to stalk him <laughs> <Right>? that way <laughs> It was like everything that we wanted happened, and um, that's fantastic. I'm sure I'll I'm sure I'll be popping in as things pop into my mind over the next podcast and letting you know because it it really is true uh, when you're in alignment, mm. things just just happen. Oh, it really is true. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> milk it, milk it, milk it. <laughs> right, right. Oh, I am. I'm telling you. I'm just. Um, I like. Yeah. I'm just gonna. I've probably used this phrase before. I told you that one of my earliest mentors used this and, and years later, and I mean, he didn't, it was no big deal about it. He's the one that turned me on to Neville. Oh, mm -hmm. uh, so, but it was years later that I'm reading Neville and I said, oh, 
oh, this is where he got that, right? And it was something that he used to talk about visualizing and tapping into the feeling, which is we're in the book. The feeling is the secret. So right. this is exactly what he was this talking about. Okay. He used to use this phrase. Mm-hmm. He would say, close your eyes, fall in love, and stay there. Ugh. And, I mean, that's exactly where I am right now. Yeah. In a more literal way, too. But, I mean, it's like I when I read that and I started reading Neville and he started talking about assuming the feeling of the wish fulfilled. Mm. And, you know, the story that I tell about when, when my lovely little uh, Maltese doggy passed away, that she was dying and we knew she was dying. We mm. knew she wasn't going to be with us another, if she lasted another week, it would be a miracle. And, right. you know, it was a few days. Right. So, I mean, it wasn't like, Oh, we've had this dog and she's been sick for a long, long time. It's like, no, everyone knew, her, it's coming. Mm-hmm. And I picked her up and I snuggled her into my neck, you know, just, uh, and I just said, I'm going to just hold you like this until I'm going to use my mind to just focus on what this feels like mm. with everything in me. I mean, and I just wanted to memorize the feeling of holding her. Yeah. Snuggling her, loving her. What did her fur feel like? What did she smell like? What did her little sound make when she breathed? I just wanted to really remember it because I knew in a few days, she'll be gone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, over a year later, I still have that feeling memorized. Nice. And I always connected that to, like, Neville. It's not just saying, oh, can you imagine what it would feel like to have this? And for a second you go, oh, yeah, that'd be great. That'd feel good. Now it's like really what would it feel like right Mm. and so close your eyes (laughs) fall in love Mm -hmm. and stay there that's the thing is can you stay there yeah you have that feeling so memorized that you can tap into it anytime you need to or want to because when you start memorizing the feeling that way when you when you can stay there that's when you start to see those things manifest we saw some of them this weekend it was just i, I couldn't stop smiling whenever it happened <laughs> part of part of my vignette part of my vignette that i had saying i kept telling you oh, i have a very specific vignette that i've been memorizing mm-hmm. um part of it was a was a toast oh and that toast happened this weekend oh nice <laughs> right so it's like really get in there and train your mind to tap into the feeling of the wish fulfilled mm. in a way where your mind doesn't wander. And that's not easy. I mean, I say that because my mind wanders all the time. That's yeah. why it's important that these vignettes are short. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you make it too long and you're like trying to assume the feeling of the wish fulfilled. And all of a sudden you're thinking about, why am I thinking about the grocery list? Why am I thinking about what the floors need to be? What, what, why am I thinking about these random things that are in my mind? It's because they're all in your mind, like on your to-do list and yep. things you're trying to remember. And so keep it short. Yeah. Keep the video short. Yeah, it makes total sense because when you keep it short, it's it's easier to reproduce it. You aren't having to recreate every time, which is what we do if it isn't uh, right. something that's that's short. And we're constantly recreating it. And when we're in the middle of recreating it, that's when we're more likely to get distracted. By, you know, the laundry list. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, it's it's really important. Uh, that, and it's mo- so much more effective. And that's what we're about here. It's like, hey, if we can give you a tool that makes this easier or more effective, Absolutely. we, we want to take advantage of that. If we don't, one of my things I tell clients all the time is, and I tell myself, too, is let it be easy. Mm. Yeah. Right? Because when we're worrying and we're resisting and we're we're uncertain of how something's going to happen, all of that, all of that energy is not easy. It's the energy of struggle. It's the, and, and we all do it. I mean, all of us. And, but if we could remind ourselves, there's a way to let this be easy. Mm-hmm. I think about, you know, times when we, and a lot of times I heard somebody say once, why, why do things come to us when there are things we don't really care about? But the things we really care about, we struggle and, you know, we, we want to manifest it and we can. And then this other thing over here, I just I just mentioned it in passing and boom, it was there. Well, it's not really that you didn't care about it. It's that you weren't attached to it. Right. Yeah. Right? You weren't worrying over it and struggling over it. And <laughs> There's no resistance. It. So, yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Very true. 
Well, we're, we're on par for the course because um, when we started the book, for instance, we took about a half hour before we even got into it. We're now about 25 minutes into it, and we haven't started yet. So we're, we're right on par. This is good. <laughs> yes, perfect. Well, is, are there any um, announcements or promotions? Oh, we should do the remember? promos, too. Get those done, right? Yes. Uh, if you're not yet a subscriber to the podcast, please become one. The, the instructions are on our homepage at LOAToday.net. I've also got links built into almost everywhere that we're – uh, publishing the uh, podcast, so you can find links there. And once you uh, click the appropriate one for either iPhone, iPad users or for Android users, it will walk you through the steps and you become a subscriber. And then once you're a subscriber, and for all of our existing subscribers as well, please keep posting out there, or maybe even start posting if you haven't posted so far, that you're watching or listening to LOAToday.net uh, because that helps spread the word. We want more people to have that daily dose of happy. We want more people to to milk Cindy's experience of having gotten married this weekend. Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of funny because I, we did we did let everyone know that we could think of right, mm-hmm. and it's like, but no big uh, no big social media announcement. Right, yet. right. That was that. I was planning that for later, but it looks like it got away from me. So, <laughs> so I think it's funny. Um, we're very happy. Yes. That's so fantastic. I'm glad that you could share in my, my joy. <laughs> By the way, when the uh, po- the photos get posted, uh, send me a share so I can see. I will. I definitely will. We do have, we do have a few pictures. Okay. So Good. Definitely. All right. Okay. So <laughs> we're on chapter three. The, the previous chapter, chapter two was about sleep. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we talked a lot about sleeping and about dreaming and about Tapping into the feeling of the wish fulfilled as we were falling asleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this chapter is called Prayer. Mm. And I actually was sort of, you asked me if I did any pre-reading. I didn't do pre-reading, but I knew what the chapter was called. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was thinking about it this morning as I was getting ready to come in and, and start the podcast with you. Often when people think of prayer, they think of, asking for something right um right asking god asking the universe whoever we are asking Mm -hmm. uh reaching out and saying i need this or that but what hit me this morning was i was thinking and i don't know where neville's going to go with this but i was thinking well prayer is is just focused thought and intention and not all prayer is a supplication not all prayer is asking for something um i mean we had moments this weekend uh, in our ceremony, right, where we definitely were saying a prayer or a blessing. Uh, we were consecrating ourselves to each other. Mm-hmm. We were making a commitment. There are prayers of uh, where we're praising something, where we're joyful about something. There are We talk in LOA all the time about gratitude, right? Mm-hmm. right. That's a, a prayer of thanksgiving. Um, I often like to think that every word we speak is a prayer or a spell. Um, same thing. <laughs> yeah. Prayers, meditations, spells. Uh, some people might not like hearing that, but to me, it's all just focused intention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's exactly what so, it is. So he is, of course, because Neville is Neville, and Neville often quotes uh, the Bible, the Christian Bible, occasionally the Jewish Bible. Um, and he also quotes Hermes. So we'll see where he goes with this. He says, when you pray, enter into your closet, and when you've shut your door, pray to your father which is in secret, and your father which is in secret shall reward you openly. He quotes that from Matthew. And then he says, prayer. Oh, I, I missed the first sentence. We don't want to miss that. It's up above at the top. Prayer, like sleep, is also an entrance into the subconscious. Mm-hmm. Now, I thought that was interesting. And I'll tell you why. Because when I hear that sleep is an entrance to the subconscious... That's pretty easy for me to absorb because what I know of sleep, right? I shut my eyes and I'm kind of gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then, you know, I might dream, I might not, but I wake up and I don't really know what was happening while I was asleep. And to me, that seems like, okay, I can buy that I was in the subconscious. Mm-hmm. But when he right. says prayer is an entrance into the subconscious, I think that's really interesting because that makes me think of other ways we tap the subconscious, like like hypnotist, hypnotism or hypnosis or meditation. There's an, interesting, there's an interesting thing about the word prayer. Um, and I'll tell you honestly, over the years, I've had 
um, negative associations with it because of, of my religious experience. But I also have to remind myself what the true origins of the word are. Uh, because if you if you look into the etymology of the word prayer, the, the word most often associated with it is entreat or entreaty. And if you look up entreaty, it is, I mean, we, we think of entreat, we think of asking, you know, kind of like what you were talking about when you gave the most common definition, which is the most common definition, asking for help, asking for something. Uh, but entreat originally means to handle or to act towards someone. Mm. Which is not quite the same thing. I mean, when, oh. you, when you think about it, it it's really a, a different meaning. And when you look at the word prayer from that perspective, it takes on a whole new meaning. Because now it's not about begging for something. Now it's about interacting. It's about handling. It's about, um, you know, how do you handle whatever it is that you're you're working with? In this case, a connection. And the connection is to, well, it depends on who you are, to God, to the universe, to your inner being, to whatever. But it's that connection. It's that, it, how do you handle that? So when you talk about prayer as being a door to the subconscious, well, once again, how are you handling the subconscious mind? How are you handling the thoughts that are in the subconscious mind? That's what I think about now when I think about the word prayer in this context. It's so funny because that's exactly the word that came to me. When you started talking about handle, entreat, I thought connection. Mm -hmm. um, like handle, you thinking of that word as directly as you can, mm -hmm. putting your hands to something, handling yes. something, right? Right. Holding something. Yep. Um, and there's that connection. So I, that's perfect. Um, so Neville says prayer is an illusion of sleep, which diminishes the impression of the outer world and renders the mind more receptive to suggestion from within. I almost think you really could substitute the word meditation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? So if you're averse to the word prayer, um, I, I think it's fitting to substitute that. In my world, spells and prayers and meditations are all the same exact thing. <laughs> so, well, I'm, I'm um, going to add another word to the mix here. And I'm going to say that it's, a, that it's the equivalent. It is the best equivalent I know of for prayer. And it's one that anyone who follows Abraham Hicks is going to know and love. And that word is focus. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Yes. And that's what I was saying. To me, I think that casting a spell, saying a prayer, or meditating all are just degrees of focused intention. Yep. So, yeah, focus. Okay. So, prayer is an illusion of sleep, which diminishes the impression of the outer world and renders the mind more receptive to suggestion from within. The mind in prayer is in a state of relaxation and receptivity akin to the feeling attained just before dropping off to sleep. Prayer is not so much what you ask for as how you prepare for its reception. Mm -hmm. There it is again. <laughs> That's a nice one there. Yeah. Then he quotes Mark, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you've received them and you shall have them. The only condition required is that you believe that your prayers are already realized. Your prayer must be answered if you assume the feeling that would be yours were you already in possession of your objective. The moment you accept the wish as an accomplished fact, the subconscious finds means for its realization. To pray successfully, then, you must yield to the wish, that is, feel the wish fulfilled. The perfectly disciplined man is always in tune with the wish as an accomplished fact. Boy, oh boy, I like now, that line. That line right there. That's Well, that's my goal, to be in that place that that, that line describes. The perfectly disciplined man is always in tune with the wish as an accomplished fact. Always and, in tune with it. Something that I remembered, this is so funny, when you have a memory that, like, oh, my goodness, I haven't thought about that for decades. <laughs> uh, but there was a, there was an elderly woman in my life that was a friend of mine decades and decades ago, and she was, uh, she was a very devout religious woman who uh, believed in the power of prayer. Mm -hmm. And when we were reading this, when I read this, to pray successfully then, you must yield to the wish, that is, feel the wish fulfilled. 
I thought about something I heard her say before, eons ago, and that was she would say to someone, if they were worrying over something, she would say, did you pray? And they would say, well, I did. I, you know, I prayed, but I'm still really, I'm still really worried about this. She she would say, well, then you didn't pray through. Wow. <laughs> and I thought that was her old timey kind of way of saying it's mm -hmm. like, it, you didn't, you didn't assume the feeling of the wish fulfilled. Then. Right. Right. <laughs> right. You're not done. <laughs> go back. <laughs> go back into the closet Neville mentioned at the top and uh, <laughs> the go closet. back and finish that. <laughs> right? It's like go back and make sure that you finish. The perfectly disciplined man is always in tune with the wish as an accomplished fact. Yeah. We have to think about that word disciplined. Yep. Focus. It takes practice. It does. There's there's a discipline here. Um, he says he knows that consciousness is the one and only reality. That ideas and feelings are facts of consciousness and are as real as objects in space. Therefore, he never entertains a feeling which does not contribute to his happiness. For feelings are the causes of the actions and circumstances of his life. I love this right here. He knows. We're talking about the perfectly disciplined man. Mm -hmm. He knows. Right. Or woman. <laughs> yep. Perfectly disciplined man or woman um, knows that consciousness is the one and only reality, that ideas and feelings are facts of consciousness and are as real as objects in space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think about that when I think about uh, me memorizing what it felt like to hold my little doggy. Yeah. It, because it, she is not here. She is not an object in space anymore. Mm -hmm. And that idea and that feeling, it's its like a fact to me. It's as real as anything in the room when I focus there and have that memory, right? So it's a real thing. He says, on the other hand, oh, <laughs> collective groans. Yeah, right. The, un the undisciplined man oh, dear. or woman finds it difficult to believe that which is denied by the senses and usually accepts or rejects solely on appearances of the senses. Because of this tendency to rely on the evidence of the senses, it's necessary to shut them out before starting to pray, before attempting to feel that which they deny. Whenever you're in a state of mind, I should like to, but I can't. The harder you try, the less you are able to yield to the wish. You never attract that which you want, but always attract that which you are conscious of being. So there's a lot to unpack in this paragraph. But I think that this is the key that kind of hits me, and that is that there's that tendency we have to rely on our senses. Mm -hmm. And it's necessary to shut them out before. And I think that's why we use music when we meditate. I think that's why we go into a quiet place when we, when we pray or, you know, meditate or whatever it is, whatever we want to call our focused intention. I think that's what that does is, and, and of course, that's what automatically happens when we are, you know, in the second chapter, when we're dropping off into sleep and we're using these kind of methods. And that, that's what, what most people do who pray. When the, Most people who pray, pray with their eyes closed. That's exactly why they're closing their eyes. Yes, exactly. Oh, I'm so glad that you brought that up. Yeah. Right, right. Um, I know there are, I know in, in Judaism and probably many other religions as well, um, such a thing as a, a prayer shawl. Mm -hmm. We often put it over our head and kind of wrap up in it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, right, so we're, we're wrapped up. We have our eyes shut. We may go into, um, we may go into a religious place like a temple or a church, but we may also just go into a quiet room or a quiet place. I get the picture uh, when I was a kid, right, they would, I remember even in little storybooks I would read when I was a child, they would show a child like kneeling by the bed, like praying before they went to sleep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
Right. But it's like you, you're right. You're you're not out on the ball field. You're yes. Like in a place, right? Well, sometimes like, there there's some ball players who will will do I something to say, break. I know, I know that I know I know I know I misspoke because uh, Walt's going to say I think there's probably a lot of guys on the ball field that are playing a lot more than we think they are. Especially after they yeah. caught the touchdown or hit the home run, then they cross themselves. I mean, you, it's pretty obvious. <laughs> That's the prayer of Thanksgiving we were talking about. That's right. <laughs> so, right. So that shutting out, I love that you mentioned that, shutting your eyes. Mm. And you, it's exactly what, think about all the information yeah. that is streaming through our oh, eyes. <laughs> so crazy. we shut that out. What stands out to you of this paragraph? Well, there's that, and there's also the fact that what he's describing in the second half is almost a perfect resonance with what Abraham calls the two-ended stick and focusing on the lack end of the stick. Because he, he writes here, um, whenever you are in the state of mind, I should like to but cannot, the harder you try, the less you're able to yield to the wish. You never attract that which you want, but always attract that which you are conscious of being. That, that to me, is the lack end of the stick. Right, and when you said that, I realized, right, that there's the stick. On one end of the stick is... I, I should like to, and on the other end of the stick is I cannot. Right, <laughs> right? exactly. Okay, yeah. right. So, so Neville says prayer is the art of assuming the feeling of being and having that which you want. When the senses confirm the absence of your wish, all conscious effort to counteract this suggestion is futile and tends to intensify the suggestion. So I, when I see that, I think about attachment. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when my senses tell me that the thing I'm wishing for, when it, when my senses remind me that it's not here, yeah, you don't mm-hmm. really have, you don't. That's not true. Like you can feel rich all you want, but have you looked at your bank account? <laughs> you, you, can, you can say you feel well all you want, but you know your throat hurts, right? I mean, these are the senses bringing up. Yeah, remember what you saw. We we hear people say, "What is mm-hmm. right." This is just how it is. I'm not trying to manifest these things, but look, it's the fact. It's here. And Neville is saying to us that when that starts to happen, that all of your effort to counteract the suggestion is futile. And actually, it tends to intensify the suggestion. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's that when resistance really kicks in. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're, tra- you're you're absolutely on it because when the resistance kicks in, well, first of all, we can't focus right, which is what the prayer is about, and we can't stay there because we're focusing on what we don't want anyway. <laughs> so our our attention wanders, and then the whole thing just starts to fall apart. <laughs> yeah. But, whereas when you're focusing on what you do want, when you're focusing on the thing that feels good, um, at first there can be an effort there, right? But over time, uh, the more that we practice it. We can get better at it. I mean, he, he talks about how it's important, and you mentioned how it's important to keep practicing it. But the good thing is over time we get better at it. And, and that to me is, is like the real, the real hope behind the whole thing because we can, we can get better. We can focus better. Right. And I think about – I love using this stick as the metaphor because mm-hmm. when I think about the story that, that's all, almost been a, a year now, but the story about when we were learning the pivot, and during that time – um, in, we were in the book, uh, I believe it was Money and the Law of Attraction. We were going through that book and they spoke a lot. Abraham spoke a lot about, um, talking about what you want, not what you don't want, which right. is what Neville's talking about right here. Mm-hmm. It's like not getting focused on the end of the stick, not getting focused on what your senses say. Mm-hmm. And when I was trying, when I was, when I kept waking up with a, a sore throat and the beginnings yeah. of what felt like a terrible cold, I had to sort of force myself to focus on the end of the stick that was the what I wanted. No kidding. Yeah. And not go see the stick back and forth, back and forth, you know, like twirling the stick like a baton. Now I'm looking at what I want. Now I'm looking at what I don't. Now I'm looking at what I want. Yeah, but my throat hurts. Yeah, but I don't want. It's like, oh, my goodness. No, just talk about what you want. Yep. And stay there. Focus on that. And I see this next sentence. Prayer is the art of yielding to the wish, not the forcing of the wish. Mm. And that's exactly what begins to happen when you yield to it. When you finally say, okay, I'm not going to talk about this thing I don't want anymore. I'm not going to focus on it. I'm going to yield to this other side of the stick. (laughs) 
Yield is an interesting word too, because I can't well, honestly say no that. I, what's that? There's no resistance. Well, yeah, that's true. When you yield, there is no resistance. And yet, when I think about times like what you just described, where you know I'm, I, I had the same experience uh, this past spring with the ligament in my knee, where I mean the, the ligament was just in pain and it was constant pain, and I was trying to distract and put my attention over onto my other knee because that one was not in pain. I wanted to focus on that and pretend that my left knee felt like that, and I, I just kept getting drawn back, 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 back. You know, so the idea of yielding to the wish in that case was almost. It was inconceivable because every time I would try to yield to it, boom, I was pulled back to the other knee, the one that was in pain. You know, so it's an interesting concept. I, I, I can't say I've become great at it. I can see where it would be really powerful to be great at that because once you're yielding, like you say, you're just falling right into that place of no resistance. Um, but well, I mean, look where he goes next. He says it's exactly what you're talking about. Whenever you're feeling is in conflict with your wish. And we, we talked last week about the difference between emotions and feelings, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I had an email from somebody that said, wow, thank you for making that distinction right. between between feelings and emotions. Mm -hmm. And so what we, what we talked about was emotions, happy, sad, angry, but feelings. My neck hurts. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I, have a, I have a knot in my stomach. Exactly. My shoulders feel tight and my knee hurts. <laughs> Right. So when it says whenever your feeling is in conflict with your wish, feeling will be the victor. Yeah. Uh, the dominant feeling invariably expresses itself. And mm -hmm. I'm telling you, when the dominant feeling is physical pain. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it takes a lot of focus. It really does. But it also raises He's the question, how do you get if, if it is the dominant, if the dominant feeling is an unpleasant feeling, the one that you don't want, the wrong end of the stick, how do you yield to the right? That that's the question that's in my mind now because I agree I get what he's saying you want to yield to it but like he's also pointing out if your feeling is contrary to it how do you get there can you get there from here <laughs> well you you have to do it without effort that's the hard thing mm. right because the more we the more we effort uh, the more resistance we're drumming up. That's a good point. And so this is why I think meditation, you know, and I, I realize we're using these words and they're kind of interchangeable. So prayer, okay. But when I say prayer, I'm not talking about the struggling, efforting, please fix this kind of prayer. I'm mm -hmm. talking about what he's talking about. Prayer is the art of assuming the feeling of being and having that which you want. Mm -hmm. uh, meditation. There's some, there's some bit of relaxation in there somehow, uh, even if it's just for a moment. But I, it's yielding to that feeling of of not having the pain, the mm -hmm. feeling of whatever you want to call that comfort, I guess, the feeling yeah. of ease, the feeling of maybe relaxation. Because a lot of times when we're in pain, it's the same thing that starts to happen to me when it's 29 degrees outside. And that is I everything wants to constrict. My muscles want to tighten up. I want to make fists with my hands. You know, it's like, oh, it's cold. And sometimes I have to tell myself. Relax. It's so much easier if you relax. And I think pain is like that sometimes. Mm -hmm. It's like we get very tense when our body's pain because we're resisting. I don't know if that's your experience, but yeah, I, I get. I, and I think I think that's where the yield comes in because when you're when you are in pain, like you're saying, we are resisting the pain, and we're, we're that's why there's we're we're tensing our our attention. Yeah, that's why we're snapping our attention over to the, the painful knee or, you know, the, the cold that doesn't seem to be going away or whatever it is, because we're, that, we're, we've got so much going on there. We've got a lot of energy built up in that. The yielding part, and, and I kind of remember this, uh, when I was trying to focus attention on my healthy knee, when I did stay focused on it, literally it was pointing my eyes at it and pointing my attention at it. And when I did that, what made it start to work was when I would relax into that focus. So in other words, I would start first. That might take a little yeah. bit of effort because I had this draw. But once I started focusing on that, that knee, I just kind of let myself melt into that. And, and the degree to which I was able to do that is the, it's directly equivalent or directly proportional to how long I was able to stay there. I think that's part of the reason why we talk about when we're, well, I know for me anyway, at, 
sometimes when I've been in pain, physical pain that way, um, sometimes we just want to go to sleep. Yeah. Because if nothing else is working, we, we pretty much know that if we can fall asleep, we'll have a little bit of relief. Mm -hmm. So it's funny because his first, the first chapter or the chapter before this, not the first chapter, but the second chapter was about sleep. This is about prayer. And I think somewhere in here, he's already said that prayer is the illusion of sleep. <laughs> mm, right. Yeah. Right. So he says, prayer must be without effort in attempting to fix an attitude of mind, which is denied by the senses. Mm -hmm. uh, effort is fatal. <laughs> I hope he doesn't mean that literally. <laughs> I hope not, too. Well, I suppose in the long run, I suppose if you really carry it out far enough. But... <laughs> to yield successfully to the wish as an accomplished fact, you must create a passive state a kind of reverie or meditative reflection similar to the feeling which precedes sleep. So there you are. In such a relaxed state, the mind is turned from the objective world and easily senses the reality of a subjective state. It is a state in which you are conscious and quite able to move or open your eyes, but have no desire to do so. An easy way to create this passive state is to relax in a comfortable chair or on a bed. If on a bed, lie flat on your back with your head on a level with your body. Close the eyes and imagine that you are sleepy. Feel, I am sleepy, so sleepy, so very sleepy. <laughs> you know what that sounds, sounds like? Sounds like one of those hypnotists in the old movies, right? Exactly. Are That's exactly what it sounds like. Take <laughs> the pendulum before your face. In a little while... A faraway feeling, accompanied by a general lassitude and loss of all desire to move, envelops you. You feel a pleasant, comfortable rest and not inclined to alter your position, although under other circumstances you would not be at all comfortable. When this passive state is reached, imagine that you have realized your wish. Not how it was realized, but simply the wish fulfilled. Imagine in picture form what you desire to achieve in life. Then feel yourself as having already achieved it. Thoughts produce tiny little speech movements, which may be heard in the passive state of prayer as pronouncements from without. However, this degree of passivity is not essential to the realization of your prayers. All that is necessary is to create a passive state and feel the wish fulfilled. That sounds very much All like the uh, like the state of of um, of um, what was it we were just describing? Uh, being hypnotized, the state of hypnotism. I mean, that that whole last part of that paragraph was all about being in that state and then using it. Because if you've ever been hypnotized, that's pretty much what the hypnotist is trying to lead you through, doing exactly right. what he's describing there. I was thinking the same thing, even where he mentions. Um, he mentions like not being inclined to move your position, even mm -hmm. though you could. Right. And I thought, well, that's hypnosis. It is. I mean, that's what happens during hypnosis. Is, yeah. And often, you know, we make sure to tell the client that you can. And, and I even said this when when we led the meditation uh, a week or so ago, right? Is that you can open your eyes anytime you want. Right. Mm -hmm. Like you're in control. So when you're in this state, you are so relaxed mm -hmm. and feeling so heavy almost like, oh, but you do, you do have the power to move your body, open your eyes, do whatever you want to do physically. And, and you're in control of that. Uh, right. You just don't really have a desire to because you're so relaxed. Exactly. I keep thinking about the person that was in our meditation that afterwards said, I'm not sure if I fell asleep. Or if I was yes. there, <laughs> right? Because, because one minute we were going into the meditation, the next minute you were saying, "Open your eyes." That's right. <laughs> like, exactly. Um, so Neville, we're we're actually going to finish the chapter. Are you excited? I'm stunned, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Neville says, "All you can possibly need or desire is already yours. You need no helper to give it to you. It is yours now." Call your desires into being by imagining and feeling your wish fulfilled. As the end is accepted, you become totally indifferent as to possible failure. For acceptance of the end wills the means to that end. When you emerge from the moment of prayer, 
It is as though you were shown the happy and successful end of a play, although you were not shown how that end was achieved. However, having witnessed the end, regardless of any anticlimactic sequence, you remain calm and secure in the knowledge that the end has been perfectly defined. Well, he said that, uh, I think it was the second sentence. Let's see. Maybe not. Call your desires. Um, well, let's read it again. No help I, give it to you. All, all you can possibly need or desire is already yours. You need no helper to give it to you. It is yours now. Call your desires into being by imagining and feeling your wish fulfilled. Oh, here it is. As the end is accepted, you become totally indifferent as to possible failure for the acceptance of the end wills the means to the end. And and that the way that was phrased, at first it, it played differently in my mind. Because it, when you say as the end is accepted, what I was thinking was not so much that the vignette had been completed in my mind and I, I had turned it into a hole that was hardening, to use his term, hardening right. into a reality. But rather, I, I took the phrase initially as, as I accept that I have come to the end of my time doing this, which is not really the same thing. So I was thinking, well, there are times where I come at the end of come to the end of trying to focus and, and maintain my focus, and I'm not really there yet. I haven't really succeeded. Yeah. I, I haven't really finished putting together the, the vignette. I haven't completely succeeded assuming the, the feeling of the wish fulfilled. I've come to the end just because I lost my concentration more than anything else. You know, so I, I mean, now that I see how he meant it, I can understand it, but it also kind of brings to my mind, we can, it's kind of like the, the story of your friend who said, well, you, you, you didn't, you didn't go through to the end of the prayer, right? You, you didn't right, finish it. Right. You didn't finish it off. And, and that's, a, oh. that's an interesting point. You have to finish it off. And yet there are times where practically speaking, we're just not able to, you know, life gets in the way, so to speak. And right, right. So, so now it becomes a question of, well, when will I finish it? When will I come to the end? Because once I do come to the end, it means I've completely created the vignette. I've completed creating that prayer to the point where it is now my primary belief in my mind where that subject is concerned. And that's the way I read it too, is mm -hmm. that, um, where he says, except in the same sentence, he says, as the end is accepted, mm -hmm. you become totally indifferent to, as to possible failure. For acceptance of the end wills the means to that end. I think you could substitute um, result or wish uh, as the wish is fulfilled, you know, the, as the feeling of the wish is fulfilled. I mean, that's always where he's going, right? But it's like, as we accept, fully accept that this thing, like he says a few sentences back, that it is yours now. Mm-hmm. When we accept that, when we accept that this goal that we're, you know, wishing for, when we accept it, that that is the end result, um, then the acceptance of that, when we get to that place, that is what wills the means. That's, that's what creates it. That's what makes it happen. We don't have to worry about the how. Mm -hmm. uh, and I love where, I love where he shows this, uh, where he says, um, where does he talk about as if it were a play? Uh, wasn't this paragraph? It was before, wasn't it? My place. Let's see. Oh no, that's the it's the uh, second to last sentence of this of this paragraph. Oh, there it is. Yeah, he says, "When you emerge from the moment of prayer, it's as though you were shown the happy and successful end of a play." Right. Although you were not shown how the end was achieved, and I think of how many movies we watch. Mm -hmm. Where, you know, there's one thing going on and then suddenly they sort of jump us to the happy ending. Right. And we see, oh, look, they're getting what they wanted. Like yeah. it's happening. Right. And they're, and like, we don't know how. We mm -hmm. just know it worked out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we well, don't have to travel through every permutation of possible, you know, uh, how. Right. We just know, look, they had a happy ending. Like it worked out. Exactly. Well, the other <laughs> right. thing that I noticed here is, um, the, the sentence we were talking about before, that's where you become totally indifferent as to possible failure. That's an interesting phrase yeah. to me, totally indifferent to possible failure. You can see that is the goal to become, to get that point where you're, you're no longer attached to the outcome. It's just like, you know, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. I don't, I'm not attached to that. I don't really care. And that's, well, that's and the I, ideal place also, to be. I also see being totally indifferent to the, it's like, 
In other words, the idea of, well, what if this or that happens? Eh, doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. Doesn't matter. Good luck, bad luck, who knows? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, this is good. I'm amazed we got through the first, uh, or, or got through the entire chapter, but that's okay. You know, we'll just, we'll finish it up tomorrow, maybe tomorrow morning, maybe tomorrow afternoon, but we'll just finish it up and we'll move on to the next book. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Hey, before we go, how does somebody reach out to you for a little personal coaching? Uh, they can find me online, cindychavez.com, C-I-N-D-I-E-D-H-A-V-E-Z.com. And I'd love to hear from you. Sounds great. <laughs> All right. Well, then we'll talk again tomorrow. I'll be back. And we'll be back, too. We hope you come back next time as well here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everyone.